We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed but when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government, and to provide new guards for their future security. You're tuning into The Constitutionalist with Donnie the Don. Don't be political property, be free. Hello, hello everybody. Let me stop sharing this screen. Um, Robert, you're going to take over the screen. Uh, you guys, I want to um, introduce you guys to the folks who will be speaking um, this evening on this discussion with Jalen Walker. Um, we are coming to have this discussion because we need to have a constitutional perspective. We have two different sides speaking on two different things, and we want to um, seek the truth and actually... Um, see exactly what's going on by, by what we have been presented. But um, please, guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Um, real quick, I am Donnie. I'm Donnie the Don. Y'all know me by Donnie the Don. I have ran for office before. I'm a constitutional rights activist. I have managed different groups locally. I have also um, helped campaign for different politicians and get the word out. We also have a podcast and doing all kinds of things to get the outreach out there. But this subject is really important to have, um, especially if we need to go back to humanizing ourselves. Um, and that's a big goal of mine, that we need to go back to humanizing ourselves and look um, at what happened um, from both sides, from the uh, police perspective and from Jalen's perspective, and look at what constitutional rights were are there and which ones may or may have not been violated. But first, can we get um, um, Robert to introduce himself and everyone else, you can just go ahead and introduce yourselves from there. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna find me as uh, Flamethrower82 on most networks. I'm on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Uh, I add to that add an underscore to uh, to my Twitter profile uh, because of stupid Dorsey, but um, uh, but pretty much uh, I'm an in, I'm an independent thinker. Um, I've been. I've been lambasted by both sides, and I'm at the point where I I don't really care what either side has to say. All I care is about the truth. I want to know what is right, what is wrong, and and that's where that's where I'm at. Guess I'll go next. <laughs> I'm Carice. I'm also known as at GOPKT801 on Twitter. Um, I'm here to just bring up 
this perspective from a constitutional discussion. I think that's the way we kind of center ourselves in this country, try to get through our grievances. Um, my background is um, I work, I've been in politics for years. Um, I currently work for the treasurer's office. Um, I'm also an elected official um, with uh, Clearfield. And so here in Utah, and, and the reality is, is that I'm, I'm proud to have constitutional discussions and try to have great perspectives on all these situations. And this Jalen Walker discussion is warrants one. And I guess that comes to me. Uh, my name's Stephen Hunter Johnson. You can find me on Twitter, Stephen with a P-H-H Johnson. That's how long I've been on Twitter. I got my own name. Uh, no numbers. Uh, I'm, I'm an attorney by trade. I've litigated um, constitutional claims, including police use of force claims. Uh, I've also been very active in uh, addressing the police use of force in my own community and advocating for municipalities to have uh, civilian independent review panels. Uh, so happy to be here Donnie thank you for hosting us of course I'm, I appreciate you for being here and real quick you guys we're also and you're still on mute I'm sure you're on mute Donnie <laughs> yeah I will I will probably just just in the course of uh, full disclosure I'll probably acknowledge I'm probably the the leftist leaning person on this panel so as folks hear answers you may hear a perspective you disagree with I appreciate you for bringing that up. And then here's another thing. Uh, real quick, guys, we are also streaming on call-in. If you want to call in at the very end of this discussion, you can. Um, I put the link in the YouTube channel chat. So if y'all want to hop on and have a call or perspective you want to add at the end of the show, please make sure you download that app and subscribe, and then we'll get to you when you're in the queue. And, uh, Stephen, I'm happy you did bring that up as well because, like I said, uh, this – Every time we have an incident like this, there's division. You have one side saying one thing, another side saying this thing. And the goal is, as adults, um, as people, uh, I guess group leaders and group think, that we can have this conversation with whoever is on the side, on the, whatever side you're on, but we get down to nitty-gritty when it comes down to the Constitution and what's actually right. And we want to make sure that people's rights aren't being infringed on, but everyone has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, because that's what's supposed to be here in the United States. So I, I am more than excited to actually have a discussion with someone on the different side of the playing field. And honestly, like I said, I, I don't have a side. I feel like the Constitution is more in the middle. <laughs> Anything that streams away from that is whatever right or left it is. But it's good to have you on. Thank you for agreeing to come on in a, a short notice. So we're going to go to Robert. Robert, uh, can you can you show us and we can explain what, what has been put out for us uh, as the... The masses, what the media has put out, what the police has put out, because I, I was watching the videos, uh, looking at the articles. The um, Jalen Walker, the young man, 25 years old. I didn't see where he had any kind of criminal background. I didn't see where he had a warrant. My first question, when this was brought to my attention, was why were the police pursuing him in the first place? And it said, and it said it was an um, unspecified traffic stop, and. I don't understand how, first of all, that's a red flag for me. That's how's that constitutional? The police, it's been, this happened on June 27th at 1230 p. I'm sorry, a.m. But they can't, they had all this time 
to release this information, but you're not telling us why you guys were stopping him in the first place. And where is the footage of the the attempt to stop to stop Jalen? So, Robert, are you ready to go ahead and um, roll some of these um, these uh, videos? You're still muted, by the way, if you're talking. Um. Yeah. Let me uh let me share my screen. Okay. So. Let me exit out of this message, and here we go. Okay, so here, so here we are. Um, so this is this is one tweet no, that no, 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 the video. Oh, the video. Ah, okay. We'll get to the responses after we show the videos. Uh, okay, then. Let me pull up the video real quick. Um, the we talked about the original video. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, give me a second to pull that up. And anybody who's up here in the panel, if there's any part of the video that you're gonna want Robert to pause so we can discuss it, please uh, just uh, just let's go ahead and uh, ask for him to pause it so we can speak on it. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. All right. So. All right. Uh, okay. So. Um. Let me play this video and here it is. Can you hear it okay? I don't hear anything. Informed dispatch that the reason for the stop was for. Is that better? Yes, I can hear it now. On Monday, June 27th, 2022, at 12.30 in the morning, Akron police officers attempted to stop a silver Buick on East Talmadge Avenue near Thayer Street. Officers informed dispatch that the reason for the stop was for a traffic violation as well as an equipment violation. The driver of the vehicle refused to stop and officers initiated a vehicle pursuit as the vehicle was nearing the East Talmadge Avenue entrance ramp to Route 8 southbound. Approximately 40 seconds after the driver of the vehicle fled from the attempted stop, a sound consistent with a gunshot can be heard on the body-worn cameras of the officers. Officers notified dispatch that a shot came out of the suspect's car door. Getting on to 8 South from Talmadge. Reason for stop is traffic. Can you pause that? 21 shots fired at people just had a shot come out of its door. At the time of the sound, Robert, can you pause a flash it? of light can be seen on yeah. the driver's side. So, yeah. so that was the, the sound that the police are saying was the, the sound like the shots. I want to compare, I want to be able to remember that noise you just heard. Because I every the first time I heard this, I missed it. I did barely could hear whatever that noise was. And so and I want to also, at the end of the video, compare it to the sounds when the cops are shooting. Okay? Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Okay, sounds good. Of the suspect vehicle. Okay, so so I'm gonna pause it real quick. So here's this was so just so you know this was my first impression. 
the you you see where they where they have it pointed. Um, if if you take a closer look at the car, it doesn't it the it it doesn't look like a gun like a gunshot could have come out of there. Matter of fact, we don't even know what it is uh, because it's because it's a little grainy when you blow it up. So, do you have the pictures where you you zoomed in on it? Yes, I do actually. Thank you. Um, I do actually. So let me see. Uh, Let me open up a new explorer window. Please don't open up on my main desktop. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So. And just in case anybody wants to accuse me of, uh, accuse me of doctoring, I will show you exactly what I did. Okay. So this is, so this is what I was looking at. Uh, now let's uh so so when I blew up the image of of the car, which all I did by the way was I used the select tool and then I used a filter uh and then no I used edge detect filter and and uh that's that's all I really did so uh, so, because I, that's why the image looks a little different from the police photo. But what I, what I was aiming for was, for example, if you see where, let me use the paintbrush tool. So if you see this portion right here, that's around where the car window is. To tell, let me let me ask you guys this: if if your life was on was on the line. And and you were gonna get twenty to life based on this photo. Do you think that would be a fair Do you think that would be a fair conviction? I'm gonna say no. I don't know what Stephen and or Kay are gonna say, but my my answer is no. That picture doesn't show you anything. Exactly. Yeah. This this is this was blowing up uh, from from the video. That the that we were watching. Let me go back to show you. See, you see that bottom left camera. Uh, all I did, all I did was screenshot the screenshot the the monitor, and then and then crop it to that that scene. So, if you ask me, you need a lot more evidence than that to say that to say uh, that. That somebody shot, uh, somebody shot, because there's a lot. Of, I've heard of instances where cops would say things like "Stop resisting, stop resisting," you know, as an excuse to beat people up. I've heard of instances of that happening. So you need more than just the cop's word to believe a conviction. Well, I mean, what do you think, Stephen? Since you're a lawyer. Well, a couple things. One, I, I don't like any of these videos because none of them are timestamped. Two, uh, the video starts with the chase in progress from the officer's car. I didn't see any uh, flash of light from that particular angle. Three, 
there's a car there's another car in the train to the bottom left i don't know if that car's uh headlights are reflecting or shining i don't know somebody could have a halogen headlight that that's a that cast an awfully bright shadow or it's obvious, obviously a lit highway where are the other lights on the other side what can what else can create a flash or seem to create a flash and then sit here's the easy one if he threw a, a, a firecracker out of the window and that created the flash, you, you still have a problem with how this, this ended. And by the way, uh, we got too far without me saying it. Uh, peace, blessings, and prayers to, to the family of Jalen Walker. Because yes. although we're, we're speaking about this from a constitutional point of view, uh, his life is gone. And that means more than anything else so I, I, I should have said that earlier and I apologize oh yeah I mean I, I I wish I wish nothing but blessings on that family you know after what they had to put up with because because whether it was a good kill or not I mean death death is death and and unlike video games you don't get a replay you get one life there is no game to reload. So, the only other point that I, I would I would add is when it comes to policing, there's no such thing as a good kill. There may have been a necessary use of force, gotcha. but there's no such thing as a good kill. Every time that someone is, that someone is killed, it's a failure somewhere along the way of the process. So we should all keep that in mind because the goal is for our officers to go home safe and happy. Uh, the goal is for good guys to, to go home, bad guys to go in custody like, like Batman. So we should always consider that. Yeah, I'm that yeah, I think Definitely. I that's 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 kind of what I was that's kind of what I meant. I I wish death on nobody and it's horrible no matter what. Exactly. So, par- pardon my poor phrasing. No, it's okay. Yeah, I I was just using the terminology they use. So, but yeah. You want? Shall we continue? Yes. The vehicle pursuit continued on the expressway for several minutes and the suspect vehicle exited onto the Archwood Avenue ramp. The pursuit proceeded through several city streets until he neared the intersection of East Wilbeth Road and Claremont Street. At that point, the driver slowed down and exited through the passenger side door of the moving vehicle wearing a ski mask. The suspect fled from the vehicle on foot, turning and facing officers momentarily. He continued to run, evading arrest. Officers attempted to safely take the suspect into custody by deploying their tasers. The deployment of tasers was unsuccessful and the suspect continued to flee on foot. As the foot chase reached the nearby parking lot, the suspect stopped and quickly turned towards the pursuing officers.
Officers reacted by discharging their firearms, striking the suspect. Under visual inspection of the suspect's vehicle, a handgun, a loaded magazine for a handgun, and what appears to be a gold wedding ring were observed in plain view on the driver's seat. Body-worn cameras do not provide a 360-degree or three-dimensional view. We will now play 13 body-worn camera videos. to let y'all catch your breath or uh, or keep going? Is that, yeah, keep playing. Okay. I know, I, I know it can be a little hard for people to watch. driver's side door that that scene okay this one okay and pause it when you get to his you can see his driver's side door right there okay is his okay can you go back it's still moving i want to see his driver's side Okay. His window is up. That is it. Just me. It look, yeah, it's up. I see reflection on the window. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was Windows up. Matter of fact, let me uh, print screen this because that's that'll be another good screenshot. Oh man, that's 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 some good information right there. Yeah, they did they find a shell casing in the car? No, they didn't. That was my other question, um, Stephen. Too, I said, um, I guess they said forensics takes a while because I want to see there's gun um, gunpowder residue on him. Or, or like you said, showcasings, because that's really loud to shoot outside your car. I was also saying when I was saw him driving, I didn't see him swerving anywhere. Um, typically, when you have to turn your torso like that out the window, your car would swerve. Like I saw him driving straight. That's why. I, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. So this, yeah, I didn't think about it that way, but but you're right. The his there's no damage to his window and it's up. And we can go back and but it was kind of hard yeah. to see those other cams when he was driving and to see if that window was up or not. Yeah, well, that the my point, my entire point about the other scene was that it's too grainy to to use as any kind of reasonable evidence standard. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, even I know that that that, that you need a, uh, at least a little bare quality of that. Yeah. I mean that. I mean, some grainy picture like the one we were looking at earlier, just uh, it doesn't add up. No. So just so just so that you know, from the legal perspective, I've used video and security footage in cases. It's the whole purpose of the adversarial system. One side will use it and say, this supports what I'm saying. The other side will make the arguments that you just made, which are, it, it's not clear enough to tell that that's the case anyway. Right. right. All right. Let's yeah. Keep, let's keep on rolling. Okay. No problem. Anybody know what that yellow thing on the ground is? Which yellow thing? Oh, oh, that. Looks like a taser to me. I don't know. Yeah, it was a taser. You're going to see in one of these videos, I watched them all last night again today, that there was an officer who did deploy their taser to no effect. Um, and that's probably the next camera watching. I believe it is body camera three. We're going to see the, race, the, taser, the taser come up. Oh man, this this is crazy. Yeah. Okay, shall we keep going? Yes. Section of Maine. 
We're slowing down here, slowing down. Hey, can you go back? Yeah. What the move? Yeah. Yeah. How far back? I want to see when the when they come up to him and his his driver's side door was open. Okay. Okay. So let's go past here. Okay. Let's. You said you want to see the driver's side door. Like yeah, it looked so. It looks like he was about to come out of the driver's side and decided to crawl over to the passenger side. But watch this door. I want to see if that window is open again. Another, another freeze screenish look, so we can see if uh, his driver doors it, window is up or down, based off this door being open. If we can see that or not. Let's see. Um, that's the best angle that I can get out of this. With the door open. When the door was the. Uh, Window is closed, and just remember this cop, he was running really fast. So, yeah, uh, but his driver, okay, that door is open. Yeah, okay, yeah, so he's okay. My other question if he was shooting when he was driving, but he had this door open, he decided to crawl out of the passenger side instead of come out of the driver's side and keep shooting like they said he did. Uh, this is something to ask questions like, why think about like why he's doing what he's doing. Because if the hell is that a threat if the door was open, he closes the door, crawls out of the passenger side, and runs away? Yeah, that's not that's not a threat to me. By the way, I'm monitoring the YouTube and Twitch chat as well, so. Um, hey, Steven, did you have to add anything? I know you'll speak up if you want to, but... Is that you have any perspectives on the fact that his driver's door was open initially, then he crawled out the other side, and they claim that he was shooting previously? So what I what I saw actually was his driver's side door was open, mm-hmm. but then it looks like he moves the car forward, either rolls forward or moves it forward. And I was wondering, did another car hit the door closed or a tree? Play that from there. Okay. The from which part? Back? Right there. From right, no, no, you were already there. You could uh, play from right there. Uh, because that door gets closed, the car moves, and then it gets out on the other side. Okay, yeah. let me reduce the volume so it doesn't get in our way. Okay. His foot's out there. He's pedaling the car. Yep, door's closed. Oh, no, it's open again. That's it. That's what happens. It hits the tree. That's what I thought. Okay, the tree closes. He moves the car forward. So he doesn't climb out immediately when his door's open. Mm-mm. And his foot was out there paddling like a skateboard. But he he, he did not use the car as a, as a threat against the officer. Right. Right. And honestly, all those officers came up yelling all those commands at once. There is... The, it was evident that the officers had adrenaline and were were. I'm going to use the word panic for no other reason than that's what they do. 
they all come up, they all yell conflicting things for you to do. It's almost a no-win situation. I can't blame you for saying, you know what? Let me just get out over here. I can't. Because otherwise, you've got all those officers swarming to you on one side. You very well, he very well could have ended up dead. Right there in the car. On that side. Yeah. And then they would have said his, his weapon was in reach. Yep. So that makes sense. Yeah. So then he gets getting so far out away the other from side his, actually yep. isn't, you know, if you're in fear for your life, it's not a bad decision. And then the fact he was getting away from the gun. And yeah. Well, gun. honestly, hey, Donnie, you're muted, by the way. Oh, man. All right. My bad. Sorry. Oh, wait. There we go. I clicked on it. I guess it didn't go through. No, but yeah, yes, uh, definitely, Stephen, because he knows that the, that the gun, he has the gun in his vehicle. And so he gets away from it by going out of the passenger side because he were to come out and they said that he was shooting. They could be like, oh, we, we, he shot before. So he came out the driver's side and we started shooting him. I guess this was his way of showing that he wasn't armed and was running away. Right. Left. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. It, look. Look at what we know. We know he abandoned his weapon inside the car in the driver's seat mm-hmm. with his with his wedding ring and the extra clip. Yeah, clearly that is him saying, "I'm not armed." And it would be reasonable to think, "Oh, the officers will take control of my car. They'll find my gun. They know I don't have anything." Mm-hmm. But we didn't get that chance. We didn't get to hear his side. Well, we can right. tell this what we've been presented. Hey, uh, okay. Robert, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, it's muted up to this point. Yeah. You know, that pick, that one is probably the worst one because it showed how clearly it was just a turkey shoot. It was literally, he was all by himself. It was clear space in front of them. There was no way for him to, to reasonably give himself up, even if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't have anything nice to say to say about these cops. So I'll just I'll just reserve my comments. So I can, um, tell you, I can tell you why they shot ninety times, and there's a legal reason. Go ahead. The re- the reason that they're taught to to shoot and continue shooting is that if they were to stop shooting. It would indicate that what they perceived to be a threat wasn't a threat. And there are cases of officers being, literally, being uh, prosecuted because they stopped shooting, which was evidence that the officer was, was not in fear for his life or knew he made a mistake. And that's, that is a, a defect in the way our policing is done and the way uh, the law is. So for officers, they're taught you fire until the, the target 
is neutralized. And for them, neutralization is what we would might consider as death or damn near death. Yeah, Donnie, and, and I just want to comment and say that that's what I was talking about a little bit to you last night about in regards to the training. You know, they, they are taught to shoot to neutralize or shoot until the, the target is no longer moving to be a threat. And so when when that happens, um, and especially in these instances, um, we, this is why these are some of the scenarios we're coming to continually when we're talking about usage of force. And really, we'll get to the constitutional aspects of it, but uh, um, I, I kind of know Robert got more videos to show, so I, I'm going to land right there for him. All right. You want me to continue? Yes. Okay. So that cop didn't shoot. They were too far behind. They just caught up. Is that what I'm saying? And by the way, they mute the audio sometimes and uh, in the beginning. That's crazy. And don't they blur out their computer too? Yep. Interesting. For those of you on call in, you hear this is silence. I'm like Robert was saying, they've muted part of these um, body cams, so we can't hear it. Oh, yeah, they don't care about our privacy, but they always blur their screens out. Yep, it's blurred. 
Isn't that kind of ironic? But yet they want our phones to be public exposure. They blurred out his... Uh, it looked like a couple of videos I saw him where his uh, license plate was blurred too. Hmm. Yeah, I wish they had the same concern for our privacy on a daily basis. Okay, we're on video nine. Can you do me a favor? Can you go back yeah. just a little bitty bit? Just a little bit. Okay. Okay. How far? Just a little bitty bit when those cops, like, he was walking by a cop. He was running past a cop. That's the part I want to see. Okay. This is where he's getting out of the car. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see. I think video effects. Let me see if I can. Unfortunately, I don't think I have any playback speed controls. I think that we uh, can catch it. Just go ahead and, and, and play. I want to point out something to you guys. Oh, okay. Real quick, what I was looking at about the threat and um, how scary, um, you know, Jalen walked right. to the police. So I don't know if you're back or not far enough. No, you didn't go back far enough. This is like by the police cars. Or was this it? Yeah, this is where I started. This is video nine. This is one of... I started... I'll start from the police car. Door open. He hops out. This one guy. Look at that guy right there. He's not running towards it. He just like calm. The one he just passed where you can see have a wedgie. The cop has a wedgie. <laughs> like, like he's running, but the other cop sits back and it's not going. He's not pursuing. He just like you know just walking like nothing's going on. Wow. Did y'all catch that? Wow. No. I, honestly, I'm just horrified from all this, so I'm not paying attention to things like that. Well, I'm, I want to. I want to see if, if Kay and Steven caught that. That The other cop seemed like there was a, no threat. He was very calm walking by the car. Oh, yeah. And I can't right, because, because situationally, one would take advantage... Hold on, Robert, can you pause that sound so you can hear Steven? Thank you. Yeah. Situationally, one would take control of the car and the scene. Actually, multiples. When you have multiple police pull up like that, uh, usually you have, well, not usually. I don't think that's fair. It is possible to have a breakdown in command and control because who's calling the shots if everyone is independently operating? Mm -hmm. So what should happen in a case like that is 
when you have multiple officers in pursuit, someone would secure the vehicle and make sure that, you know, they're starting their search there and doing the things that I'm sure that, that Mr. Walker uh, figured, hey, they find, they'll find my weapon, they'll know I'm unarmed. So it, 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 it should happen that way. But once everyone starts to give their, their stories, whatever they are, you're probably going to see a situation where no one knew who was in charge. Wow. And these are the people we trust with badges and guns. I mean, they can, they can't even they can't even get one guy uh, one guy in a car under control. We'll just say we'll say that we're not going to jump to that conclusion quite yet for the situation. But I just wanted to note like that look what I just saw. I'm thinking, like I said, if I if it's a threat. You know, why am I seeing like, people, like, walk by calmly as if this is, they're just, like, at the donut shop? I don't know. Oh, I know. I know. Oh. I'll reserve my comments. So, you want me to continue? Uh, real quick, I have a question for Steven. Someone in the, in the podcast said that um, you're not supposed to mute audio. So, um, Kristen, what's your thought on that? Since we do have multiple video coverage here where the audio has been muted. Am I saying, I'm saying, sorry, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what the laws and the rules are in, in Ohio specifically, but I'm also concerned because this video is a spliced together presentation and not everything is in its native and raw form. And true transparency would be them making all of this information available in its native and raw form. Because one of the things I said earlier on is how the, the timestamps are missing. Yep. So I, I know this is at, at 12.37 at night. When was the alleged shot? Mm-hmm. And one more thing. Um they said uh, muted audio is concerned for hiding something. That is concern to me. Like you were talking about transparency, that is a concern. Right. If if the audio if the audio is purposefully muted at a specific period, then yeah, you you want that's the other reason why you want the raw footage. You want to know what was said and what. Um, it, it it's something that that could be. Uh, damaging for the the narrative of, hey, we were subduing a suspect who was armed and dangerous. I just don't know. Yeah, I want I want to. I think the, the people should pose a question of why was the audio muted when it was presented to us. Perhaps they have it where it's not muted, but when you present this to us, so there's a narrative out there about what happened in order to to cover the police officers. Um, we need to know what y'all were saying in the vehicles because I've noticed the pattern of inside the vehicles. Some of them, you can't hear anything at all, but when they get out the vehicle, then you hear something. Well, for, uh, just to kind of comment on that. And, and of course I have to use the Utah standard. So excuse me on that one for everyone in the audience, but in Utah, by law, certain law enforcement interactions must be protected um, because of sensitivity of investigation, 
or to the victim, um, and et cetera. So depending on how the laws are written in Ohio, there may be laws on the books that um, that when these type of cam- when body cam footage is released publicly, that aspects of it has to be scrubbed for and for anonymity protects all parties involved. And so the reality is, is a lot of times what we'll see in these scenarios when people are asking this is, you know, <clears throat> how do we how do we get what really happened? And if some of that's protected by law, then then even if you were to go as far as to do a FOIA or things like that, they still, the, the municipality, especially at least in Utah, are, still are granted to protect certain aspects of it because of the victim. So um, in this regard, um, I would say that my concern, uh, I, I got a couple more videos to go, but is that we don't get the camera footage from the unspecified traffic stop. Um, before I even begin to talk about my perspective on police powers and what they and what what I've have been perceived what they have and and, and, and then the, the powers of the government that's supposed to restrain and the constitutionality of justice, um, rights. Um, I will say that very hard for any of us, and, I, and I'm so surprised. That some people are kind of really like Betty Walker was a criminal. It's hard for any of us because we like we observed in the beginning that initial circle and this was the flash from the car. Um, well, my question um, of the thirteen officers who responded, did the ones who were muted were they the ones who were shot at? We don't. But at the end of the day. We don't get to see what seems like there's a reaction from an officer being shot at. Where is the first? Where did the timeline start? Is always the question I have right now. Was it the fire traffic stop, which is what the PIO, the public information officer, says that this hey, initiated hey, from a, a an unspecified initiated hey, hey, traffic stop, second. and then the subject fled? Can you? So where is the footage from that traffic stop? And why did you hey, not hey, have one second? Hey, Robert, can you meet your mic because we can hear you moving in the background a lot? Oh, sorry. I can barely hear Kay. <laughs> oh, I am so sorry. I was plugging in my, uh, what the fuck? It was my MacBook. Okay. okay. All right. There you go. Okay. Sorry about Can you that. hear me now? Yeah. Okay. The, for me, we, everybody who's trying to, who's made commentary on us, we're doing the best we can. But there is a missing piece of the puzzle to me, which is a constitutional question in the puzzle. Where. When Jalen was a first initially approached before he fled, what was that interaction like? What led to that? Because the reality is, is that that to me is going to tell us a tale. Why do we not have video of the call? If he, if the officer was shot at, which is what initiated the the multi officer um, response from, and you see there there was two different agencies. It wasn't just Akron PD. It looked like there was some type of county or sheriff type of person there too, because there was an all black PD car, which was different than some of the other PD, uh, other cars. So, so once again, I'm still wondering. We to me, we have two pieces of footage that are missing: the initial interaction 
and the and the and the cam footage of the cop who was shot at. Um, why why how is that not something we're we're seeing so we can see and kind of qualify Jaylee being shot at the car other than just the steal where it to me it's very hard to tell what happened there. Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is I don't know if it's multiple agencies or if it's one agency with multiple types of units because increasingly that's that's common. We've got agencies here that uh, will have their normal patrol cars. Clearly, they'll have unmarked. And now they do, you know, an all-black patrol car or an all-white patrol car where you can just see the lettering. You can see it, but you can just see it. So I, I don't know if they've got multiple types of units for different purposes or if it's multiple agencies. Uh, if it's multiple agencies, though, it does increase the, the potential that um, uh, there, there's a lack of command and control. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for adding that. Hey, Robert, do you want to go ahead and go back to rolling the clip? Looks like we have some units up ahead at the intersection of Maine. He's slowing down here, slowing down. This another muted guy, some calling. So it's not dead air. It's just another muted audio. Does that guy have a rifle already in his hand? Yes, he does. Okay. So I don't want. I didn't mute it, by the way. Oh, yeah, we know.
Ah, oh, another muted video. Fun. Muted again. But by the way, people who are in calling, you guys, uh, once we get towards the end of the discussion, you guys can grab a mic and we'll get to y'all. So please be patient. I'll go in order. Officers involved in this incident have between one and a half and six years of experience with the Akron Police Department. Per department policy, all of the officers were immediately placed on paid administrative leave. At the request of the Akron Police Department, the investigation will be conducted by the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation. At the completion of the investigation, the case will be turned over to the Ohio Attorney General's Office for review before being presented to the Summit County Grand Jury. A separate internal investigation will be conducted by the Athens Police Office of Professional Standards and Accountability. The results of the internal investigation will be submitted to the Chief of Police and the City of Athens Police Auditor for review. Okay, so that was it for the video. Just go that ahead. was probably one of the toughest things I had to watch because I watched a man get killed 13 times. Yeah, that was pretty tough. Uh, I wanted to go ho- go ahead and start with uh, Stephen because um, he has a lot of knowledge in this, uh, you know, w- discussing um, what a threat is, uh, what what it means when people are running. Um, he has some insights on that. I would like for him to share, and then um, him and Akay can uh, discuss that. Right. Thank you. And I won't take long because uh, I think everybody has thoughts on what they saw. Um, my takeaway is unchanged. One, I don't like the video presentation because the narrator tells me what I'm supposed to see before I actually see it. Case in point. Right. Uh, Mr. Walker turns around. I mean, I was with you. I still don't see him turning around. But that's just what I'm told. And a lot of people are going to accept that. I don't accept that. But even if he's turning around, we know he is significant 
he's a significant distance from his weapon. And we also know that significant time has passed since any allegation of the discharge of a weapon. I'd also point out that I don't think every officer on the scene would have seen Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, what's called uh, fire his weapon, and I think that's important. And Mr. Walker, rather. And finally, and I think this is uh, crucial. The last thing I'm told is the officers had a time of service of one to six years or one to five years, which means these are all very new officers. These are all very new officers at the forefront of this chase. And remember, one of the things I raised early on was, where is the command and control? No officer with one to five years of service is in command of that scene. So those are my thoughts. Um, you know, I, I, I can go on, but for me, it was just tough to watch. But understanding how these things go, I will say one more thing, though. Akron is doing the world a disservice. If a municipality goes through this, the first thing you should do is err on the side of transparency. Erring on the side of transparency is a full release of all the information you have at the time that is releasable. Considering there is not a criminal investigation of Mr. Watson, that means uh, Mr. Watson, that means that, uh, or Mr. Walker rather, that means that all of their information concerning him should be released. One other fact that's not on the video, uh, when he arrived at the medical examiner's office, he was still handcuffed. And under no circumstances should that occur. Yes, sir. Good points. I, I appreciate you for sharing that. Kay, go ahead, please. Okay, can you hear me? I can. Oh, you echoing really bad. What is that? What happened? Where are you? All right, I yeah, see you better now. Yeah, you're better now. Okay. I see you much better. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just looking at this... Every- at the situation in totality now, at least from what we have so far. And I want to preface, like I said, the discussion like I did earlier, which is I still do feel like we have missing pieces of this story. Um, the, to me, the initial constitutional question I ask is, in that initial traffic stop, what was the probable cause action? Um, oftentimes when we're, we're looking at these situations, and, and we're trying to figure out for the nitty-gritty, that's where it all starts. Um, we don't even have that answer right now. And while a little bit later on, I'll talk about to be what I've been taught perception-wise on everyone, the everyone gets home scenario, I do see the leaning of the qualified immunity doctrine um, and how that's going to work in the, in the law enforcement's favor. Now, with that said, because we have pieces of the puzzle to me that are missing, um, I don't think we'll ever, unfortunately, have right a fair discussion about constitutionally what happened with Jalen. 
Um, when when you get into the there was this initial traffic stop and then a chase occurred, um, there are uses of force standards. Um, we don't we don't like I said we don't have the video of the of the cop who reported that they were shot at. I do think that's a once again a crucial aspect of usage of force um, and a crucial aspect of looking at how the Second Amendment works. If the Second Amendment is for intensive purposes of self defense. Um, then where did the self-defense come? So when we're looking at um, that, that once in all that video, when Jalen gets out the car and he's running away and there is a moment he flashes towards the officer, but it's so momentary. I mean, like, and it, and, and, you know, officers are often taught that when someone's within a certain amount of feet of you, that your firearm is not as effective. Um, one officer out of the 13, I could see, try to deploy that taser. Only one. So, so there, so then once again, you know, from an aspect of honoring his rights, yeah, where there are commands, our people say, just obey, just obey. But I think we need to have a conversation about the just obey conversation. There's a lot of people out there that believe that. And, you know, in a time where, People, there are people with concerns with the impact of red flag laws in their state. Um, they, we all should be looking. We should all be looking at all these scenarios of usage of force and asking ourselves, you know, is just obeying is just obey really the angle we really want to go towards? Especially as the reporting on this comes out. Um, uh, regardless, to me, you know, a lot of people think this is a racial conversation. To me, this isn't a conversation of race. This is a conversation of rights and. And right. we don't know where his, we don't know truthfully where, where that interaction, that constitutional interaction began. Um, and I, I know you want to talk, Donnie, so I'm, I'm going to let you speak, but yeah, I, I just kind of want to talk about that first. I just wanted to um, address And you, you know I'm saying. coming for that too, so I just want to let you know. Go ahead, Donnie, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you, you guys are fine. I, I want to speak on that real quick. I know you have more to say, but I want to speak on that too. Another reason why this conversation is so important, like like Hey was just saying, this can come down to you. This can happen to you. A lot of you guys post up online saying, oh, I'll die for my rights, my liberties, my freedoms. Or if um, if the cops ever come knocking my door trying to take my, my gun away, oh, there'll be guns blazing. So wouldn't you want the same respect if... Um, as if we know we're just trying to get the same constitutional constitutional respect for Jalen, wouldn't you not want the same respect for yourself? If the cops, we don't know what they were trying to pull him over for because that information should have been put out. Why does he even start in the first place? If if the cops just come to your door and say, we're taking all your guns, and then you guys start shooting up, well, you guys have already lost people who, who could stand with you and be with you on that because you've been saying for a, whole, a long time, just comply, just comply. So what are we doing? Are we just giving cops a license to come after you for any reason whatsoever? Doesn't matter what. You have to comply and you have to get locked up. You lose your life, your liberty, and pursuit of happiness just because a cop decided to do this. It comes down to training. It comes down to these departments knowing, actually being trained with the Constitution, not just being, uh, oh, I'm a cop and I can do this. Now, um, Kay, I know you have some more things to say, but I also wanted to show some responses that uh, on Twitter about what some people have said, and then we can respond to some of those responses. Um, like I said, um, 
I've seen things on both sides. I've seen on one side try to make it about race, and I've seen the other side just basically saying, oh, you didn't comply, you shouted the cops, and you ran. Um, I want to look at something as if, if your life is on the line, your constitutional rights matter. Doesn't matter what color you are, you are an American citizen. You do not, the, the, the cops do not have a right to just come and decide, okay, I'm just going to pursue you and you're going to have to comply with whatever we said. You guys did not like that when the whole mask mandate was going on. They were calling police on you when you went to the store with no mask on. So this, you have to be fair across the playing field. And you also, we also need to hold our, our media, um, our politicians and our public figures accountable before putting this information out there. Because if you show me a video and the narrator is telling me that the tree is purple and it's clearly green, that's like some mind-manipulating thing. Look at your eyes. Look at your ears. If you can't see it, you can't, you can't sit there and damn some man and be like, oh, yeah, he deserved to get shot at 90 times and with 60 bullet wounds. You can't sit there and say that. That's not right, nor is it fair. So putting out these videos and saying that I'm watching the videos you have posted on the Internet, and I don't see a shot and I don't hear one. And that should be very clear. That should be like, no, there should be no, uh, should be no doubt. That's what he did. But we have to be fair because we do have these rights and we need to defend them and stop standing up for, um, what do you want? I want to say, uh, uh, what is it called again, guys? Um, state authority, uh, police state. Do we want to have police states? Is that's what you're advocating for? Because it doesn't matter what right you want to defend. You have to understand why was he pulled over in the first place? How could this situation have been avoided? But they didn't present that. And that's a missing piece. And instead of jumping to conclusions and thinking it's okay, this man was shot that many times. Think about that. Because they can say anything about you. Just like like Kay was saying with the red flag laws. They can just deem anything on you. I've heard and seen cases where there was a wellness check and cops went above and beyond on not doing what they're supposed to do. It was just a wellness check. You do have constitutional rights. You guys need to read them and understand them and stop saying that you care for those rights. And your actions don't show that you care for those rights. When you're up here saying, oh, okay, this incident, it's okay. No, no, no. We need to be consistent and fair. Uh, okay, go ahead and, and continue what you were saying. I'm laying my plan on that part. And then, Robert, can you get those um, tweet responses when you uh, search Jalen Walker's name on Twitter, please. Pull it up for us. Um, yeah, sure. I appreciate you. I wanted to say something um, before I started continuing on, so I wanted to give him the mic real quick. Yeah, only because I, I, I do take it. I, I, I appreciate, uh, Donnie, both your point and, and Carissa's point. I disagree with it. I disagree with it vehemently, if only because it's important to remember that because of the latent and inherent fear of black people, particularly black men in this country, the grace that other citizens receive when going into custody, no matter what they do, seems to be elusive. There was no crime, no crime, none, that this 25-year-old DoorDash driver had committed to make him, one, uh, flee the police, but I don't know if he was afraid. I don't know if he got scared. I don't know what what was it about that stop. I don't know if he thought the stop was unconstitutional or pretextual. I don't know. But then, two, what I do know is that when 15 officers run up to your car 
yelling different things to you, there's a good chance you're going to die because you can't make them all happy. You can't not move and put your hands up. You can't get on the ground and turn around. You can't do these things. Someone's going to kill you. Over-policing is as unconstitutional as bad policing. And what happens in these situations all too commonly is that the benefit of the doubt that a 40-year-old white woman might receive under the exact same circumstances is gone. And when you are a black man in America, be you a Republican like Carice, be you a Democrat like myself, be you an independent, not non-party person like you, Don, none of that matters at that moment because the cops aren't seeing that. And I think that's a problem. So I understand and I appreciate the broad constitutionalist view and I would like it to apply as evenly to the black community as it applies to everyone else. And I want it to apply to everyone else and the black community together. I just don't think as a nation we're, we're there yet. Hey, I appreciate those sentiments, what you're saying. You know, real quick, I, I want to say something too. I, I believe that a lot of things we really need to do with the black community too is making sure that we actually do understand our constitutional rights. I do believe that we actually did focus on our constitutional rights we, we would know more about what the, what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do in our communities. But they want an ignorant nation so we don't understand and know what these rights and liberties are so they can get away with doing certain things to any community they, 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 they seem fit. And I also I see where you're coming from, too, with the whole fear piece. I was actually having this conversation with Robert and Kay yesterday. I was saying that why was he afraid? There's a reason why this man was afraid where where I, well the question is at hand at first where why what was the why were they pursuing him in the first place and then then he decided to run he has no criminal a previous criminal record there was no warrant for his arrest so why was he running and i i only thing i can do is you know he's not here to be able to speak for himself so we can only speculate but you know i i saw previously this you know he had lost his um fiance and then if Robert could pull up, I'm sorry, I know I asked you for those um, responses, but when the cops had the picture of his gun in his ring in the car, that told me a message. Not only was he trying to prove like he wasn't armed and he wasn't dangerous, but like I felt like when he got that vehicle and ran that he knew he was going to die. And that's, that's okay. Ooh, let me uh, clear my eyeballs out. But like, yeah, I can pull it up. Thank you. But it's like he knew he was going to die. Like, why leave your wedding ring in there? Like, why leave the, the gun in there? Like, we know why he left the gun in there. But his ring was in there, too. I think that was a clear message of him trying to tell them I wasn't a threat. And it's, it's, it's looked like he was afraid. And there was a wedding ring in there. Like, why leave those things behind? Now, what are those things? What's that next to the gun? Because it was asked earlier if there was any, like, casings. Is that even showing up in this uh, picture? Yeah, there are no casings. Well, actually, if you look up to the right-hand side, there appears to be something that could be a casing. What is that? Uh, is that shiny the right. thing right there? Yeah. yeah. That could be a casing. Does that match what, what kind of... It looks different than what the... I can't tell what's in the clip, but... It looks a lot skinnier than what's in the clip. 
this with my eyeballs. It does, but it, it, that's interesting because that casing is sitting there. If he's shooting outside of the window, one of the reasons why there might not be a casing is if the weapon was all the way outside of the window, particularly if he was shooting with his right hand, mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't make it. If he was shooting with his left hand, it definitely, it's definitely unlikely to be inside the car. Yeah, and then um, where it looks like that's where the crease is to where the, the seat and the back part of the vehicle is. And how would it have landed there? Right. I don't know. So that's a question that we have to ask ourselves. But okay. he didn't have any more. He didn't have any warrants. And he was a, a DoorDash driver. He may have been afraid that he was going to get a ticket and cause his insurance to go up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or he could lose his, or he could like not be able to be a DoorDash driver anymore. If he, and then not have any way to feed his family or himself. You get caught by the police like that. Well, not only that, but um, DoorDash, uh, I the the I imagine that their CEO uh, is probably not very fond of guns either, because I know there there was an Uber driver or two that was that Uber fired them because they had a strict policy of no no guns even for self defense. That's a good point too. I want to point out one more thing, too, before you show those comments. If you're armed, so you're so a lot of people say, well, he was armed. He was armed. Well, a lot of you all are armed. So a, a cop can shoot you just because you are armed. So that's another thing to think about. If, if you're going to just say, oh, here's one reason why I agree with the cop's decision on what they did. They're armed. A lot of Americans are armed. A lot of people have guns in their vehicles. So to make this more, make you more of a threat because of whatever traffic stop they're trying to do for you, that shouldn't be fair. If you're a law-abiding citizen, Ohio has different laws in other states where you're allowed to carry a gun. So uh, can we get to those responses, please? And thank you. And then, um, yeah. So now I'll just kind of continue on while you guys are getting up the responses, um, just to say that, you know, considering now that I've already laid out plainly that I feel like there's still missing parts of this story, um, now we get to the usage of force point. All the cops were put on leave. I don't know if there's any news about if they all have returned from um, investigation or not. Uh, I'm pretty sure I can probably find that, but let's say for sake of sake of situation they all have returned off of leave and the, it was found to be a lawful shoot a shot by the in, internal investigations internal affairs um, the question we now constitutionally lies on this one if the police and in turn really the state like in general not even just the police anyone who who, who enforces aspects of the state for the needs of the state. If that if that entity in regards to police has the power to ensure self-defense, they don't have to inform you of your rights either. Then on top of them not having to inform you of your rights, they have the right to self-defend. And they have qualified immunity that if there is a um, uh, 
a misappropriation or a mistake made, and they're doing it reasonably within that line of duty. Um, something that's not egregious. Like once again, like last night, I talked to you a little bit, Don, uh, Donnie, about the Christopher Dorner situation. If people remember that, where some of those LA cops were shooting at trucks they thought were Christopher Dorners and they weren't and those guys weren't jailed or anything like that. We have a scenario uh, of of to me of uh, the government is really not restrained and therefore how do new laws or any laws to be enforced um, I guess I'll say how are any laws that, that could be enforced up into capital punishment uh, if if you if you resist enough is that the constitutional <clears throat> um, acceptable idea that we want to allow for certain situations for certain people and I'm not even talking about race or anything because we had that one oh a white guy who was a bum who was beat to death by multiple policemen and those policemen were not found guilty so this to me I, I want to talk about the, the totality of this measure, and uh, I'll stop there. Hey, Carice, can I can I mention something related to that? Sure. Um, that that reminds me uh, what you're talking about of the Daniel Shaver situation, where a bunch of cops uh, they thought they thought it would be fun to order uh, the to make him uh, make him uh, act acrobatic when he was when he was a fat white guy. Uh, that that's uh that that video that was a tragedy that didn't get the coverage so yeah it's in in many cases it's blue versus the people it's not it's not white versus black it's it's blue versus uh versus the citizens in those kind of cases they don't they don't care who you are they care they just care they have authority in some cases all right, appreciate that. Hey, and let's also talk about real quick before before we go on. Sorry, let's also talk about the good guy with the gun scenario in a situation of a mass shooting. Um, how efficiently can we defend ourselves if, let's say, we're in a mass shooting scenario in an open carry state? Mm-hmm. We begin to return fire on uh, the, the direction of the mass shooter, but maybe the cops are over there for all we know, and and we kill the mass shooter. And yet we die in the process of being killed by police. Now, that scenario did happen to a young man in a mall who was a, a vet who was it was a mass shooting situation. He returned fire and he was killed by police and he was innocent. So we have to kind of qualify a lot of things um, with this. So and there, there, there is something that might be more to the story. Apparently, one of the neighboring uh, police departments alleged that the night before they engaged in a chase with the same vehicle. I pointed out not to say that Jalen Walker was driving the vehicle or that uh, he was a bad guy, because that's not why I pointed out. I pointed out because... The reason for the alleged stop the night before, because remember, we still don't know why he was stopped today or that day. But the reason for the alleged stop the night before was because there was um, an exposed taillight and 
one of his license plate lights was out. Now, more, more, I'm going to say sophisticated, for lack of a better word, more sophisticated police departments do not enforce these type of violations for two reasons. One, they're commonly used as pretextual stops to pull over black motorists. Two, they're also attacks on the poor. Because if your taillights are closed, it's probably because you're broke and you didn't have enough money to fix. And if that little tiny bulb in your 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 license plate uh, is out, it's probably the same thing. So to get a $150 ticket or however much money it is, doesn't help you get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And it creates a new bill for a family that didn't have enough money to fix a taillight or or a license plate light to begin with. I say that to say that the, while we, they're still sitting on the reasoning behind the stop, it would be very disappointing if Akron police were still pulling people over for these types of small uh, infractions because of the wrong, the societal wrong it, it, it puts on the population. And Stephen, we're in a constitution too. Where does it say that you have to have this and this in your vehicle? Can, can I also say something about this whole incident too? Yeah, real quick. I was uh, speaking, but I had my mic muted. I'm sorry. You oh, sorry. It. it was my fault. I'm having an issue with pushing a button, so that's me. Um, yeah. But what Stephen was saying with these small traffic um, violations and things like that, I don't believe they should be existing in the first place. This is a money fuel. This is a money engine that these cities use to suck the citizens dry in the first place so like he was saying so you can fix your light in your vehicle where did where does it where does that say where you the cop can stop you because of that they create these laws so they can um or codes or whatever they want to to find a reason to pull over citizens and milk money out of them so they can raise money for a city you're already taxing the bejeebies out of people you already got all this money going to the system but would, will a lot of these departments even be in business still if they haven't created things that are not necessarily crimes? We focus on actual criminal crimes opposed to small infractions. You have a better uh, relationship with the community in the first place. Having these things like that, you have a right to travel. I'm not going to go down that line too much, but you do have a right to travel. And, then you, and uh, a lot of people don't know this, but you do have the right for that. There has been court cases that were won for this. And you transporting yourself to go somewhere and you're not, there's no damage to property. You're not doing anything wrong. There are a lot of these things these cops shouldn't be doing in the first place, but these cities have found ways to keep on finding little knickknacks and things to find reasons to pull someone over. And, um, and, and, uh, and also too, if you don't pay for these tickets and things, they can turn around and give you a warrant and arrest you because you didn't pay for these tickets. How is that a service to the community and the people? And the other thing with that is, is where is that in your, I mean, these officers taking oath to office, they take an oath to the constitution. So these unlawful laws that were created that are being enforced will solve a lot of these problems. If they start enforcing unconstitutional laws in the first place. But Robert, please go ahead. Sorry. Robert. You're muted. There you go. Okay. So, um, it, so 
here is the Twitter feed for uh, hashtag Jalen Walker. Um, so, so well, where do you want to start? You want to you want to start by looking at the uh, feed, or what you want to do? Um, I would just I would just go to the 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 scroll down and. I don't understand. Nope, not that one. We're not. Nope, keep scrolling. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, Robert, I just want to let you know. Uh, did you correct the spelling on his name? His name is not spelled correctly. Oh. I was wondering why it looked like that. Oh, sorry. What what is it? I'm sorry. It's J-A-Y-L-A-N-D. There you go. Oh, Jalen Walker. Okay. I was wondering, like, what are these things that are popping up? That's not what we saw earlier. What okay, s- my bad, my bad. Go ahead and read mine first. Be mindful of quickly jumping to conclusions on people. That person could be you one day. Okay. That's what I have to say, literally. Y'all have to put yourself, humanize yourself and put yourself in other people's shoes. And y'all sitting there sharing information and, and, and attacking people, this whole division thing going back and forth. We should all be on the same side when it comes to the Constitution and everyone having their rights not being infringed on. But, yeah, go, you can go ahead, Robert. Okay. So, so let's see. So, uh, here's so – it looks like this guy was taken alive – uh, some people, this guy is talking about race and Jalen Walker killed no one and got shot 60 times, but this, that this guy actually killed people. Let's see. Here's Zeke Arkham's take. You want to take a look at that? Yeah, go ahead. I've been waiting to see evidence of the shooting of Jalen Walker by the Akron PD officers. Here's my take. Uh, Mr. Walker played with death. He fired at police officers, led them on a chase, got out of his car to run at police, and then reached for his waistband. I'm sorry. I, I that That's some bullshit. Cops are under no responsibility to wait for someone to actually fire at them before using deadly physical injury. If we have reasonable suspicion to believe someone has a firearm and intends to use it, we are legally justified to act on that suspicion. We're not going to take gunfire just to be sure someone has a gun. In regards to the amount of shots uh, the officer used, 60 shots isn't a lot of shots, considering there were 13 officers on scene. In a situation like this, where cops were firing to put down what they thought was a credible threat, combined with adrenaline and plain old fear, the amount of shots was not unreasonable. This is why cops are advised not to tell investigators how many shots they let off. Uh, Sounds like they need to be investigated. A cop might might think he only let off a round or two when he actually let off six or seven. It's a normal response when you got those kind of emotions going through your body. Bullshit! Well, I mean, those those takes are always going to come up from from people who are uh, law enforcement apologists, but uh, what they don't realize is they're not building the credibility of, of police they're destabilizing it 
because at some point, either you take the position of I'll wait and see, or you take a look at the information and you come to the conclusions that we've been discussing. It's hard to take the other position and maintain your credibility. Oh, God, here's one. Drew Hernandez. Hey, hey, wait, real quick before we drop to Drew. Let's see if Kay wants to add anything to what um, Zeke had said. Okay. Okay, are you hey, Carice? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, did you, you want to, did you want to speak on what um, Zeke had said? Well, like it was what what you heard from Zeke, or what's his name? Zeke go up? It was Zeke. Or, uh, Zeke. Yeah. Zeke. Yeah. yeah. So what you heard from Zeke is what I was explaining to you a little bit to you guys last night, and and, he's, and my position here confirmed today when I was asking about the constitutional question that exists between the citizens and the police, and and you know that's the. The whole point that I made when when he says cops are under no responsibility to wait for someone to actually fire at them before using deadly physical injury, and then he goes on to say even a little bit more down in the statement that there was plain old fear. So once again, when you observe the intent of the Second Amendment, which is self defense, the cops get to defend themselves too. So essentially, what what the what the standard for deadly force, especially even in and in, in challenge situations such as Jalen Walker, is that if the cop can reasonably assert fear of life in this turn, like I said, even though I do feel like there's a missing piece in the story, the narrative and the and the investigation so far is bearing that he shot from a vehicle at them, then then the reality is that constitutionally speaking uh, they would say things fall in line because they defended themselves against someone who they perceived to be a threat, and that any citizen would have such a right. But what we're but but the difficult thing that I that I find is is that in some of those scenarios we're seeing the same story, and yet the reality is is that that's not always the case. Um, um, Eric Garner, you know, killed over a loose cigarette, you know. Uh, and the reality is that, you know, um, I can't think of that young girl's name, but she was a young girl where she got killed in a no-knock raid um, because the grandma grabbed the gun, didn't know who was in her house, and killed the eight-year-old little girl. Um, so there are these scenarios where we have to ask ourselves, where, wh- how, why is the government not restrained to an extent like there are deadly force standards that Stephen has talked about, but the reality is is that those standards can go go to the wayside if there's reasonable perception of a threat, and then you and then the cop having a second amendment or right to defend themselves from a threat. And even if even if that threat is not armed at that moment, which is why he says cops are under no physical responsibility. A lot of this is we're seeing through the qualified immunity doctrine is actually the truth, which is why we have to have a discussion about that, that, that aspect a bit, but um, I'll land there. And I'll, can can I, I, and I'll say can, this. Go ahead, Robert. Can I ask you a question, Carice? So I, I imagine I'm probably just one of many that has this question on my mind. So 
so if a so if like two or three cops points a gun at me, should I just assume they're gonna kill me? Even if even if I'm even if I have my hands up and I'm being peaceful, should I just assume they're gonna kill me? So I've been in I'll be very, very open. On the night the night that I found out that I won my first term in office, I was pulled over at gunpoint by six officers. Um, or sorry, yeah, it was six total because three cars came. So what happened was, class scenario, I had a broken, t- a broken, I had a busted front light, actually. And my window at the time on this car was a beat-up car, didn't roll down. So when I was put over by the police, I opened my door a little bit to just be able to hear them, not to give them be a threat, just to listen to their command. Just by me opening my door, I had to sit there at gunpoint for about 15 minutes while they called two backup cars. Keep in mind, I was already put over by one cop. Then, Well, not one cop, but two cops in one car. One cop is giving me the command, keep your hand up, keep your hand up, and you got to, and, you know, I can't move. I'm, my hands are up 15 minutes, and the thing that I think to myself during that time is, if I drop my hands, will I live? And 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 then and then there was a scenario where once all the cops responded and they opened the car, car door once again, all at gunpoint, they say unbuckle your seatbelt. And I say straight out to them, I'm not unbuckling anything. My hands are up. I'm not moving. You know what I'm saying? And so he he physically unbuckles my seatbelt and pulls me out the car. So once again, that goes to command control. He gives me a command, but the command is counteracting the command that he initially gave me, which is to keep my hands up. And the key mind, this is all of me opening my door. It's not a violation of the law for me to open my door. It's not a violation of the law for me to um, for me to, to have uh, trying to understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, a bus tail light is such an it's an infraction. So you know that's the issue when we have a discussion about these stops. Now with the, now to kind of go on in my story, um, and right of course I live. I'm talking to you, but. When they pulled me out the car, they searched me not once, but twice, twice, not once, but twice, but three times. They searched me on the side of my car. They searched me at the back of my vehicle twice while four other cops have me at gunpoint. Okay. Without a warrant. And then, and then without after a warrant. I just, okay, without a warrant. Say? Without a warrant, right? Oh, I didn't do anything. All that, exactly. all, my only issue was that I had a busted front of uh, busted front light and and I and so I was driving one light on the road that was my only issue and I was pulled over for that and so and so they pulled me out of gunpoint they searched me three times they they rev they throw me against my car pretty good this is Utah Highway Patrol and and then after it's all said and done they put their guns down because they finally, and I mean, this took this was about fifteen or twenty minutes. It wasn't no short period of time. So when they finally ended it all, they said, "Dude, why did you open the door?" And I said, "Because I couldn't hear you." And I said, 
And I said, if this was Clearfield PD, which is my local PD, when I've had that issue about a local PD, guess what they did? They were they were great police officers. They, they said, hey, you they they stood back. I'm pretty sure you had his head on the gun or she or she it was actually she had her hand on her gun, but she said, Hey, you're opening your door. I, why are you doing that? And I and I said, I can't hear you. My window is broken. And she said, Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Um, and I said, Can I open my door more? I'll put my hands up. I just can't hear your commands. And she said, No, you don't have to open your door anymore. Uh, just let me, put your hands up and let me just come to the front of the car, and then and then I'll have you open your door. Just that little bit of communication was everything uh, with that situation. She proceeded. She was able to perceive I wasn't a threat. I was able to hear her commands and I got policed and went on about my way. And, and so when we're looking at these situations, that's what I'm saying. If Jalen Walker shot at them, then some might think that he was on some suicide by cop stuff. But I don't have a strong opinion on if he shot at him or not because Nobody has that video. Not a single person in the United States of America has that video. And I think that if you're going to release all of that, release all of it. Um, and so uh, with that said, if he did shoot at him, once again, it qualifies back to what Zeke was bringing up. And, and that, that exists. That is the standard. And I don't know if Americans are prepared for that conversation. Um, Steve, I'm pretty sure you got something to say along with you, too, Dr. No, no, yeah, no. I one, I'm sorry that happened to you. I think that's that's the only thing anybody can say. Two, as long as that's the case, we do have a problem with policing in this country. Um, three, and this is the simple one: the fact that your window was broken, which, by the way, is not a crime, could have almost got you killed. That's that's shameful, dude. Like you can't you can't say anything other than wow. That can happen to any of us. And then what do we do, right? And by the way, it, it happened to me. I had a, a a it wasn't even a beat up car. It was a fancy car, but it was a German car. And the stupid uh uh window button broke. Trust me, getting in and out of garages isn't easy. Getting your, your drive through food isn't easy. Getting pulled over, I couldn't imagine it. Because the only thing you can do immediately is put your door open. So, listen, I'm sorry that happened, bro. Yeah, I, I am too. And I, I want to speak to this. That shouldn't, that shouldn't be happening. We can avoid these kind of issues if if these if if um we don't have them enforcing unconstitutional laws and and people being pulled over for things like that we shouldn't have that many encounters with the police in general when y'all see a fire truck going around you don't have any you don't feel you feel like oh they're about to go save somebody we shouldn't be feel, people should not have to feel like oh what did i do wrong oh i had to do this oh my my life's at risk we, we, you, no one should have to feel that way. And it's not, and then like, I know with Steven said, you know, they, it feels um, a lot like a black community, people, black men fear the police. 
But it, and also, I know other people, other races do fear the police. If one gets behind them, like your heart rate goes up, and you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, what I do? What I do? It, it shouldn't be that way." Supposed to be here to protect and serve. It took note of office. And so what, what Zeke has said, the piece that kind of got with me was real quick before that part. I feel like anybody that is going to report on this or have an opinion on this, like ourselves, seek the truth. We're here looking for the truth. What actually happened? Before we sit there and have and repeat what other people are saying, other public figures are saying, or regardless on what side the media is saying. Go and look up the stuff yourself. Go and have your own mindset. I get the video we play. It does have a narrated um, with telling you what you're going to see next. But look with your own eyes and listen with your own ears what is happening before you jump on the bandwagon and start sharing information and deeming someone somebody as something as we don't know for sure. Based off the information that was put out, there's no concrete evidence necessarily that he actually shot at the police based off what we have seen. And when, when people say, well, why did he run? Why did he run? We don't know why he ran, but he was afraid. Just like, you know, they, they say, well, the cops were afraid, so they shoot. So why, why, why is it that certain reactions are not allowed in this country? Can we get to the, the next uh, response? And then after this next response, uh, Robert, um, if, if everyone wants to add any uh, closing statements or thoughts about what, what we have seen this evening, you can. We do have a few people in the queue on call-in, and I'm going to get to them in a second. And if you're not up there right now, um, please hop up there. We're going to go in order. Uh, we're going to shut this down here soon. Any updates that we have, um, we're going to come back and discuss it. But based off what I have seen and like have we repeatedly have said, why does this why does this even start in the first place? So we can avoid these kind of situations in the future. So someone doesn't lose their life off of these situations. But um hey Robert, I still see Zeke's tweet on there. I don't see the next one. Yeah. So I I'm in full agreement with you that these some of these bullshit traffic laws are part of the reason this happens. Because uh, if the and and, and I'm, I'm gonna make this appeal to to the to the pro cop people too. So if if you cop there the excuse I often hear is that cops are scared that they may not make it home. So I'm gonna ask you this, okay? If if you don't the the most dangerous part of being a cop. From what I've heard from every cop I've talked to and everyone who knows cops is pulling people over for traffic violations. So if you're worried about whether that cop's going to make it home or not, wouldn't it be in the benefit of both parties if we get rid of some of these stupid traffic laws, which its only purpose is to make money? I mean... If you don't, if you don't want to hear anything else, at the very least, hear me out on that one, because there's a lot of laws on the books that do not need to be there. So, uh, so we're gonna go on to some other responses. So, uh, okay, here's another public figure, Drew Hernandez. 
So you want me to roll this video real quick? How long is it? It looks like what we were just watching. One minute, ten seconds. Okay, if it's if it's, if he's commentating on it, yes. But if we're gonna rewatch when we already saw earlier, then no. Let me. Ju- okay. Yeah, he's he's basically. It looks like he's basically saying, yeah, he's it's just the feed. Yeah. So here's here's something that's been going around. So so Jalen Walker, twenty five years old, allegedly committed a traffic violation. Uh, attempted to flee a stop, shot 60 times, and executed by police. This guy, 22 years old, allegedly murdered six and shot 30 others. Attempted to flee, taken into custody without incident. Hmm. Yeah, I can see how people would see double standards, but this is where I encourage people to look beyond the race issue. Look at Look at the stupid laws we have on the books, because the police are not your friend. The police are there to enforce the law. And so, I, and I want to I want to add to this those those are separate uh, departments as well. I'm not going yeah. to make any excuse for any department for anything, but um I can see the comparison of what they're doing. Um and I can see people's frustrations in this country. And I understand, Stephen, like I said earlier, I, I see where you're coming from completely. But if we want to fix this problem, um, it, it's going to be more likely for us to fix a problem together um, as a community collective when we stand together, regardless who the person is, opposed to just do just only saying, oh, this only happens to this person. Whenever we see an injustice happen to anybody at all. We always all stand together and say that's not right, and we want justice for whatever, whoever was murdered at that time. I and I also like I I just it just blows my mind honestly about that that twenty two year old um, after what happened. But we're here to get the truth and and share the truth and go off of what we have seen. Um, I, I actually haven't too, done too much um, inf- research on the other guy yet, so I don't have much to say on that situation besides what I have seen. I've only seen the narrative. I haven't done my own digging on the, the sources itself. But let's go ahead and, and stop well, there. Go ahead, Stephen. Before you go, yeah, before you go past that, and, and, and I get it, if, if people want to live in a colorblind society, then, yeah, we got to look past race. So here, I'll give you an easy one. One was a DoorDash driver. The other was the son of a political uh, candidate. Oh, so I said I didn't, one, know, I didn't see that. One, one had committed no violent crime, mm-hmm. right? Or correction, had harmed no one. I think we can all agree. One had harmed no one. Right. One harmed 36, killing six. There's one more point that I raised. You have all this adrenaline, because remember what the first comment was? Adrenaline in the most. Everyone wants to talk about adrenaline. Where's the same adrenaline if someone looks quote unquote harmless? Mm-hmm. And I, by the way, to me, Jalen Walker looks harmless. Mm-hmm. But I'm a black man in America, so I, I know a thousand Jalen Walker. My point is. It says a lot about policing in this country where their adrenaline starts pumping the moment 
you're talking about chasing a black man. Because I can't imagine any circumstance in the world where my adrenaline wouldn't be pumping if I'm trying to uh, track down a, a mass shooter of a 4th of July parade who shot little kids. I can't imagine my adrenaline not pumping if I'm trying to get in a room with a shooter who's holding little kids hostage. Mm-hmm. But the only time anybody has any adrenaline is is for, for black men in America. I, 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 I can understand wanting to get past it. A lot of people post-Obama want to live in a post-racial society. And I'm saying that's fine. But be able to, to call a thing a thing. And it looks mighty uneven and mighty unfair to me. I got you. Now, you know what? My, look what I'm saying, too, is when we stand up, like when we see injustices happen, when I'm looking at one side, not standing up for Jalen and looking at it from a conscious per, uh, perspective, it makes your side look like you don't give a damn about a particular group of people. And like the whole point of saying that is if we all come together when we see injustices on somebody, we need to be on the same page where we stand together for that person regardless. People should want to know the truth and want to seek the truth before they jump to conclusions and repeating things about somebody, especially they can't be here today to defend their life. So I'm not trying to take away from how people feel or what has has been going on in this country. I'm trying to say that if I'm looking at one side seem very insensitive about what's going on and not looking for the truth and reposting it and sharing it as if it's truth, then we would have a different, we need to have a different conversation because then if everyone, if there wasn't one group defending the police instead of having the truth and everyone was on the same accord that this was wrong, then we can get a lot further in this country. Look, look at us. Okay. He is a Republican. Robert, myself, we're independent constitutionalists. You're a Democrat. And we're having a cordial conversation. We have come to a, a, a agreement that what we see here is wrong. It doesn't look right. There's things missing. We don't like this narrative being pushed out on this man who can't speak for himself. And that's what we really should be able to do as a nation, as going back to humanizing ourselves. Because like I said, I just met Stephen today, and he took this time this late in this evening when he has a whole family and everything to have this discussion. We can have these discussions with people and we can come together and be like, well, what we see is wrong and where things are missing. Y'all need to look for the truth. Y'all need to ask more questions before you jump the, you jump ahead and start claiming things. That's why we have to have these conversations. Look, we're doing it right now. And so I have an issue when I see a particular side just, just pushing and spilling everything. Every last one of those public figures are saying the same things. And then they get accused for being racist. It's like, how am I racist then? Sit back and look at how you're acting, how it looks. Do you actually hate black people? I'm not going to say you hate black people, but look at how your behavior and how you're acting looks. Not you, Stephen. You know, you're good. I'm just saying I'm talking no, to the I, people. That, 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 I, I, yeah, go ahead. I get it. And, and you're, you know your audience better than I. So I, I, and I appreciate the discourse. And I, I like interacting with folks with different views because you, you see perspectives. Mm-hmm. And honestly, too, I feel like if it was anybody else that was different. Like uh, if, if we're going to look at Conservative Inc. or we're going to look at 
the conservatives or Republicans and have them up here. I don't think that we could have this this uh, almost two hour long conversation like the way we have and looking at things at with our eyeballs, with different views, different um, places. And, and I see this. And so I really appreciate every last one of y'all for being up here this late this evening um, and having this discussion. I do have some folks who want to speak and I'm going to get them up here. Uh, did y'all want to say anything else? Y'all want to have closing statements after the speakers? Y'all want to say them now? Well, I, I'm i okay with letting people speak first cause okay. I, because I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of people with a lot of things to say. All right. Let me uh, – I have privacy on here. Who wants to go? And I see John. And I was really hoping uh, our other friend would have made it on, too, because uh, he was saying a lot. I'll just read some of um, Chris's statements real quick before we go. I think he had to go. Um, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Uh, Chris says, no injured party. Was there a, um, a vehicle accident? Now there was some injured. Was there any injured party? I must say it always just best to just stop, get the ticket, and then collapse it into an, um Okay, so basically just saying just get the ticket. Someone said both sides are wrong. Okay, one said, was there an injured party? If not, a warning should have an issue. This is very tricky. This is tricky. Um, so, okay, so that's back to the muted discussion. Um, Dare Bear says, militization of our citizen police forces. That's what it looked like to me. Um, I stretch red, white, and blue means freedom until it's in the real view mirror. Hmm. That's a strong statement. Oh, you're still here, Chris. Chris, make sure you got a mic. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts up here when you can private. I'm going to pull you over. I know you guys on calling, if you're not on YouTube or whatever, you can technically see everything, but after hearing us, hearing this and, um, having this discussion with things that haven't been discussed, um, by other people. Um, what is your, your thoughts on this now? Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of things I've seen lately. Private, uh, one second, one second. Can everybody, uh, Kay and Robert, can you guys hear Private okay? Yep. Okay, perfect. Go ahead, Private. Yeah, I saw this video a while back with a guy with a pickup truck, white dude, kind of a redneck-ish. He got pulled over. He had he had some problems, and uh, they wouldn't let him. I guess uh, t- crawl like to the next stop. They were going to tow him, and he's broke. You know, he's, he's screaming and he's he's saying, "Yo, you're killing me." You know, and he can't afford it because the, the the fuel's too expensive. The cost of living's too expensive. And I think this is one of the reasons why he may have run because cost of living is very high mm-hmm. and this falls on the government for causing this we're talking not allowing to drill and things like that and having the cost high and everyone's kind of on edge you know they got you know a lot of uh, what is it a lot of uh, anger issues because they can't afford to feed their kids they can't afford to go out anymore like they used to you know what, three years ago was it? Two years ago? Two dollars a gallon. You can afford to live. Food was plentiful. You don't have to worry about any of this stuff. And a ticket for that price, 
you know, $150 plus court costs, all this other garbage. Maybe that's what he was thinking. Maybe that's why he ran. It, was it smart? Looking at it, I don't think it was. I think just stop. But he, like I said, he, no violence. I mean, I've done some of that ride sharing stuff. I've I've carried every time. I uh, just if I ever get pulled over, you just hide it. You know, you put it under the seat or something. You don't mention nothing about it. You're not gonna get a ticket for, it, especially if you're in a state that allows it, like Ohio. Um, yeah. I don't think the police should have done everything that did, but the problem is he ran. He had a ski mask on. There's a lot of things that that may have indicated also that he may, since you said he lost his wife or something. Who said that? Uh, his fiance, I believe, like a month ago, I believe, something like that. Yeah, maybe he was wearing the ski mask. Maybe he wanted this to happen. Maybe it was a, a suicide by copish situation. I don't know. Because when you take off your wedding ring and you're doing these things that make no sense, it could be a suicide by cop, but I'm not going to say yes on that or no, but there's just a whole I don't lot know. of things that... I would think about this. If it was suicide by a cop when the door was... You, so you didn't see the video, too. Um, we played all of the different videos. The, his driver's door was open. Um, if it was suicide by a cop, why wouldn't he just get out guns blazing out of his driver's door if that was the case? And then again... We never know who is someone being targeted or not. We don't know because Jalen's not here to tell his side of the story. And I feel like he wanted that to be something. He left his ring in the in the driver's seat and left his gun there and ran out the passenger side. And But he's not here today. I feel like he knew he was going to die. But why would you leave your wedding ring? Why would you not keep it on your finger? You, you left it in the vehicle. We don't know because he's not here to tell a story. But... At the end of the day, too, what what's up with this whole point of why is it undisclosed to us what the traffic violation was? And if if and if also if they took a picture of a ring and a gun in his vehicle, well, apparently there must not have been any drugs. It may not be anything illegal in his vehicle. He doesn't have any priors, no warrant. So we have to think about why he would run. The only thing I can think of is fear. And the thing to think of is what what was he afraid of? Why was he afraid? Why did he drive? So all we can do is speculate yeah. on that. Yeah, that's but, why I kind of thought of that scenario where that guy was saying, oh, you're killing me, you know, that they have to tow it, and the towing fees add up, and it's just maybe this guy was, you know, he was doing a side hustle because he was trying to get enough money just to feed his kids because he can't afford to fix his car because everything's too expensive. And, you know, it, these, a lot of these corporations you work for, you know, they're making billions of dollars, and they're paying their employees $10 an hour. You know, it's ridiculous. All the money's at the top. There's a lot of problems in this country. And it's just, it all adds up to the economy. The money. If your economy is good, your bills are good, you're, you got your food on the table, you're not struggling there, you don't have to take a second job and work stupid hours overnight, and, you know, you have a headlight out, you can't afford that because you got two, three kids, whatever. I don't know what his situation was. But... There could be a lot of factors that could add up to this, why he ran. Maybe he was thinking, you know, if I run, I don't have a thing. Maybe my family will be taken care of. I have no idea. I'm not speculating. I'm not saying that's the reason. But there's a lot of things that can go through someone's head when they're doing these things. And I, yeah. I really think it comes down to the economy. Like the economy, it's these corporations that are 
not paying right. You know, they're making billions in profit. It's just th- this whole country is just it's. I, I would up. just take it a step further than that. I would say the government's a problem. Like we said, from a constitutional perspective, this should never even happen in the first place. And you can't even tell us why you're pulling them over. You can release all these videos, and these videos are, at, at best, it, it, it just shows that he ran. I don't see, there's no evidence, I don't hear the evidence of him shooting. You can clearly hear the, the cops' guns going off. But when, yeah. I couldn't really hear his. And I was trying to, and I'm like, I heard a little boop noise earlier, but like, guns are loud. So I don't, I don't know what that is. But there's not enough evidence what I've seen that, you know, that he actually shot at them. But this is a government issue. And they don't, they're, not, they're not giving the right solutions to fix these problems. And that's why we have to have these discussions and come together and, and be like, this is not right. As all, all of us as collectives should be like, this is wrong. And the people should stand up and want, where is everything? Where is everything? Show us everything. We need transparency. That's what people should be demanding instead of resharing narratives that we've heard from someone else. But I appreciate you so much, Private, for um, dropping in and sharing your, your, um, what you had to say. Let's get over to John real quick. And that's the last person I see on here um, who is the next caller. Yeah, it's John. So, yeah, Private, thank you so much, John. We're going to get to you next. Um, John, what are your thoughts? What, com- okay, I have a question. So compared to what you've seen and heard earlier today um, in this past weekend and what we heard tonight, tonight, I know you probably did not see this on YouTube because we were playing the video on YouTube, but... Hearing it from this perspective, what are your thoughts from earlier compared to now? No, I actually, I, 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 I sat along with y'all and watched that young man die over and over again. And that, and quite frankly, yeah. that made me sick after about the fourth or fifth time. Um, yeah. We've already, we've already stated, we've already stated the obvious things. Like we have, we have no proof that, that this young man fired on these police officers. And, and to be quite honest with you, I I see this from both both sides. I've got I've got an uncle who is uh, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, lived there for twenty years. Uh, went to Akron, you know. I, I went to I've been to Sandusky. I've been to uh, Cleveland, all over the place. Um, so I have a I have an uncle in the Toledo Police Department. Uh, uh, my childhood uh, best friend, he his father is a Lucas County Sheriff's deputy there. So if one if something would have happened to one of them, uh, or if they were caught in this situation, obviously I feel that. A police officer, yes, they have the right to defend themselves. You know, so so uh, I, I I see their perspective. Like some of the some of the comments that y'all read aloud out there that that the, the uh, boys in blue listening to were um, speaking. So I, I see from their perspective and everything like that. But but at the same time, I see from the other side. You know, uh, about 2006, I had an incident where uh, a SWAT team pulled out in front of my house. Looking for uh, looking for my uncle, looking for a different uh, another one of my uncles, and, and mistook, mistook me for him. Uh, ha- half a dozen uh, fully fully armed SWAT members jump out of a van, uh, shotguns, semi-automatic uh, submachine guns, um, and then this one hotshot detective uh, puts me on the ground, puts his knee on the back of my neck uh, on the back of my neck, and holds a gun to the back of my head and threatens to pull the, or pull the trigger. You know, it tells me he's going to put a bullet through my brain. Um, so, so to, to, to this answer to, to, should you be worried about your life when you get pulled over, when you get stopped, when you get in a situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
because you have absolutely no idea what kind of police officer you're dealing with. You have absolutely no idea what kind of morals that man or that woman has or what they believe in or if they're if they're secretly a fucking serial killer at heart. You know, you don't know what type of person. It's the same thing my uncle explained to me when he has to pull people over on traffic stops. They don't know who's inside that car. They don't know if that person has a gun. They don't know if that person's a criminal. You should treat them the same exact way. You don't know what they're going to do to you. Yes, if it's a simple traffic stop, you should try to be respectful in my opinion. You should try try to try to avoid. But if you feel if you feel something's off, uh, you, you act accordingly in my personal uh, in, in my opinion. Um, but having having said all that, I don't understand how any single police officer, like regardless of whether this boy this young man shot at them or not, I don't give a shit about that. All right. You have no he when 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 they, when this chase happened, this young man was not returning fire. He did not open fire on them. He was running from them. So how can you justify that this was that this when this when this young man was dangerous when he's running away? You shot they shot him in the back. This means you know they couldn't even look at this man in the in the face when they killed him and took his life. Where where where's his right to due process? When did the police become judge, jury, and executioner? Yep, definitely. I yeah, John, definitely. You know, I I appreciate you for coming up and um, sharing those sentiments. We gotta get I, back. To- I, hey, go ahead. I Steve. was going to say I agree with John's uh, point of view about due process. I think that's really important. Can't be uh, understated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'd only add that John. I get it. I see it from both sides too. My brother's a Capitol Police officer. He was there uh, January sixth. So. You know, we all have people in our family who who put on a badge and and we care about them no matter what. And we want that. We're the people who want them to come home safely. Yes. So I'll get that part to you. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that was that's pretty much all I I had to to say on the matter. Um, Thanks. Thanks for your time again, as always. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I don't have any more callers at the moment that have um, jumped up. And I did say, you know, um, if you're going to be a speaker to go ahead and jump up and and share what you have to say. Um, But I I get it. It's a a tough discussion to say or, you know, have this talk. But we need to have it. We have to have this conversation regardless of what where, where you at on the political spectrum or Whatever, this comes down to your morals and values, what's right and wrong, what's the truth. And we need people, more of us out there who are looking for the truth instead of just sharing a narrative. Because that's messed up. This is a person, this is a human. And it could happen to anybody, any day, any time, any time. The same with these red flag laws we brought up earlier. Any time, this could be you. And would you want your name out there and then, and then the police only should get in and share their narrative for the media and you can't speak because you're not alive anymore? We don't want that. We want, Amer- we want the government's too big. They shouldn't have this much power to do this. And then to have the media and share what they, their perspectives and then internally investigate themselves. That's, what, that's, that's crazy to me. I don't trust someone who invests. If, if I'm being I'm, I'm being accused of something and I investigate myself, y'all gonna believe what I have to say? Then why is it that it, it's okay for other groups in this country or other departments in this country to do that? But 
I I want to see what everyone else has to say before we close out. Because again, you guys, I appreciate you. It's been over two hours, but this is a conversation we need to have. Um, uh, Kay, Robert, and uh, Stephen, you want to have any closing statements before we end this discussion this evening? Um, I guess I'll say this. I read that no matter what happen, uh, what happens in this investigation, it was it was a human life that was lost, and this is not about party. This is not about race. This is about a human that was that was killed during during a police stop and. And I think that's probably the most important piece of this. Now, I could armchair quarterback all day, but I wasn't in the cops' shoes, you know. So I'm not. I'm so I'm not really in a position to do that, other than to say that I don't see any evidence so far of of uh, him shooting at the cops. So I personally feel like. What, with what we have now, it looks like it was unjustified, but we may get more evidence later that contradicts that, too. So so it's just a matter of, is the police department going to be transparent with us? And, and the other thing that bothers me is that whole, we investigated ourselves and we found we did nothing wrong. Well, that's, well, maybe it's time that the IABs do their jobs. Because every cop fears the IAB, as far as I know. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen. But uh, and but we also need citizen accountability boards that we can that whenever cops screw up, that we can that we can do we can have our own our own vote on things. So I don't know the best solution. I just know that what we have now, it's bullshit, and it's not going to work in the long run, and people are going to continue getting killed over traffic stops. I appreciate that, Robert, for your perspective on that. Um, Kay or Steven? I'll just close out by saying that... um, Essentially, the question at hand is, where are the constitutional lies and lines in these interactions? And through president of the court, it seems to me that those lines are not the same for citizens as it is by the people who police us. And so therefore, regarding the situation, I hope to see more evidence um, because I do, I feel like my questions haven't been answered. And, um, and if the evidence does boil up, I can make show more evidence. They show the initial traffic stopping and the, and the police shot like that. Then, you know, I'll be the first to say, you know, that was just an unfortunate situation. I wish could have went differently, but with the lack, with the hesitancy, that I'm seeing, I, I, I don't think that that's going to ever come in the light. And, and because of that, I just, I will always have a question of was Jalen constitutionally served before everything escalated? I appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing that and being here this evening with us. Um, Steven. So 
I, I'm, I'm going to quickly surmise by saying this. Every American citizen pays for their policing. In fact, most of your municipalities, between 40 to 80 percent of your budget goes to police. You're paying for this. These officers who are under investigation presently, they're being paid every week or every two weeks, whatever their cycle is. You're paying for this. The insurance that insures these police departments, you're paying for this. It's one of the reasons why it's probably, if not the largest, one of the largest expenditures your municipality has. Incidents like this should remind us all, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, that you're not getting what you paid for. Bad police officers keep their jobs for three to five years, and that's after an arbitration. They might never get fired. Good police officers work twice as hard to fill in for the bad ones. Brave police officers do twice as much to fill in for the cowards. Our country has the ability to, to do better, much much better. But people need to look at two things when it comes to our police departments. And I'll close. It's the one thing I, I advocate for uh, across social media. We need to de-unionize and demilitarize all of our police departments. You de-unionize them so that the paramilitary organization that they are, the members can be quickly and appropriately disciplined. And so that they're not suckling at the teeth of the taxpayers for, for years and years and years doing nothing, improving nothing, the bad ones, that is. You demilitarize them because, and, and I hate to shift focus, but because of the LARP fest that was Uvalde and their alleged SWAT team. We're all not getting what we're paying for and we can get much better. So folks are welcome to follow me, Stephen H. Johnson on Twitter, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-H-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Um, although you're probably not gonna like a lot of the stuff I say, but it was an absolute pleasure being here tonight. Thank you, Donnie, thank you, Carice, thank you, Robert. Um, this was a good discussion. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I will uh, make sure I uh, get to your profile and give you a follow. I think that we could do a lot together, work together to get this country on t to a fair constitutional ground for everyone in this country. And, and, it, and it sounds like you're a person that, it's, that wants that. And so with that being said, um, I have a website for everyone. We have groups and everything like that. It's like my podcast and just like uh, these shows and the website, it's a community um, podcast, it's a community website. So we can all come together and have discussions and find solutions in our particular areas of the country that we're in. The website is uh, notpoliticalproperty.com. So that's all I have to add to that. The podcast is on is on Colin. I did add it to the YouTube stream in the comment section, the live section, so you guys can find it as well. So in the future, you can come on and have discussions with us. At the end of the day, everybody, uh, we're going to come together with the Constitution. 
And then the more times we see these kind of things happen to citizens in this country, regardless of what narrative is put out there, we're going to come together by enforcing these departments, enforcing our government to operate with our Constitution. Because we all have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We all have these rights and freedoms in this country. And we have to stand for them, know them, and not let anyone take those away from us. And on that, God bless you guys. You have a fantastic evening. Bye.